What's up, homies? Hi, homies. Um, sorry for the little fake out opening, but I had to pop in here because I wanted to um, let you guys know that we did a collab with the Horror Bandwagon, which will be coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday, it'll be coming out Tuesday, the 22nd. So yeah, if if you guys are interested in hearing Roshane and I continue to try and squash our spider fears, um, unsuccessfully, I will admit, then come and listen to us break down the movie Arachnophobia with Sergio and Cody. We had a ton of fun. We struggled through it, um, but I'm actually pretty proud of how we handled it. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, then please keep a lookout for that. And once again, that will be on the Horror Bandwagons podcast page. So yeah, check that out. And okay, I'll stop plugging. Here's the real episode. What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we get into um, another episode of the Deathly Dating Games um, <laughs> with your hosts, Erica and Roshane. Welcome back, contestants. Come on down. Come on down. Get ready to date some suspect people. Let's go. Get ready to date a psychopath. Are you ready? <laughs> you will get a free meal. <laughs> It'll be nice. The rest, not so much. Maybe a free drink. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you'll split that. <laughs> maybe you go Dutch. Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, we're talking about a brand spank, well, not brand spanking new. It's mm. like brand light slap new. Light slap new. I agree. Yeah. And this is one that we were actually really, really excited about because we watched the trailer for it on a stream yep. and had a little discussion with the chat about it. And mm -hmm. We were all pretty into it. We were all digging it pretty hard. So um, I was really excited when it came out, waited till it was a little bit closer to us recording to actually watch it. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I, I think I told you part partly the reason that I was so excited for it was because of Daisy Edgar Jones, right. who is uh, our one of our leads in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited to see her do this because I had previously seen her in another Hulu show, Normal People, which if anybody is in the mood for a romantic drama show that only has like eight episodes or something, that but that's like people just acting their asses off. Mm -hmm. highly recommend <laughs> highly <laughs> recommend but i was like just so interested in seeing her be in a horror movie or, or just the genre in general because i knew her from like this heavy drama and i was like okay what are we this looks so different than what i have come accustomed to her doing so i was really excited to see that okay interesting i myself 
have not had a lot of uh, experience with Daisy Edgar Jones and like her stuff. Um, so this movie for me was really my first big viewing of her work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very excited to see that. Um, and I also, when we had the conversation during the stream, um, let everybody know that I am a Sebastian Stan Stan. <laughs> and so the moment he popped up in the trailer, I was pretty much sold. Um, for those that don't know who Sebastian Stan is, he is from a very dramatic action series um, known to some as the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, also from a show, um, another really heavy drama called uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. If you've never heard of these, right. um, maybe check these out. Or for the those of us that are cultured, he's also from Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> For those who like the finer things in life, you will recognize him <laughs> from Gossip Girl. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Well, should we should we hop into it? Should we should we start talking about this uh, yes. brand spanking uh, fresh new release? Ooh, okay. Hit him with the fresh content, please. Do let's go segways, Break baby. It down for the homies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. It is that time. We are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, we are talking about Fresh from 2022. This movie is directed by Mimi Cave, and this is actually her feature debut film. Um, The story is written by Lauren Kahn and is starring Daisy Edgar Jones as Noah, Sebastian Stan as Steve, and Janika or Jojo T. Gibbs as Molly. Modern dating can be difficult, and our featured bachelorette Noah has had just about all she can take. That is, until an unlikely encounter with a man named Steve. The two hit it off quickly, and Noah begins to think that Steve may be the one. That is, until he kidnaps her and plans to sell her meat on the black market. Insert decadent dinner meats, cotton candy grapes, and unsolicited dance numbers here. Our film concludes with Noah doing whatever it takes to win Steve's trust and save herself and all the other women being held captive by the mad surgeon. Also, should have just ordered takeout. Roll credits. Yeah, so basically, he was a cannibal. She was a girl made of human meat. (laughs) Can I make it any more obvious? Uh, real quick, you know what's funny, though, is uh, for everybody who has been hanging out with us outside of the podcast and on Twitch, you'll know that we've been playing a game called The Forest lately that is all about dealing with cannibals. And yeah. so I do feel like this is pretty appropriate for us to be covering this month, yeah. actually. And last Monday, I said, hey, everybody, what's your favorite cannibal movie? And you were appalled by that question. <laughs> <laughs> I truly you was. Were like, oh my gosh! It's like, is that, Erica, was that weird? <laughs> how could you? Was that weird well, to say? <laughs> no, it's, it's not that it's weird. Uh, 
I made the distinction, which is something that I found through a little bit of self, um, with a little bit of self-reflection, I realized a very strange thing. I, for those of you who are longtime listeners, I love zombies. Zombies are awesome to me. And I could watch a zombie eat somebody's brains any day of the week. Mm -hmm. But the moment you make it a person eating another person, I just absolutely can't. Mm -hmm. Like, I shut down. I cannot do it. It It is the most frightening thing to me. And I find that so strange because these two things are so close together. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're basically parallels. They're cousins. They're yeah. cousins. But one of these is not like the other. And one of these I just cannot do. And that <laughs> is cannibals. Cannibals freak me out. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was wondering, too, how you were going to do with this movie. Because we had theorized that it was maybe dabbling in some cannibalism mm-hmm. when we watched the trailer. Because it doesn't give it away in the trailer, but it no. does hint towards it. No, in the trailer, it definitely just kind of gives the vibes that he has some nefarious plans for her, but it almost leans a little bit more towards the just kind of maybe perhaps serial killer or just abduction in general kind of thing. It mm-hmm. definitely doesn't even touch on the... Um, Meat. Well, I mean, it does, but it, not it a little bit on the meat, but not like the not who's the, eating no, the meat. Not whose meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not whose meat it whose is. Whose meat it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, once once I had solidified that yes, in fact, we are dealing with cannibal. I was wondering how you were, how you had handled this movie. Well, I mean, we gonna find out soon enough, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, I will say from the get, as far as cannibal movies go, this one wasn't bad. This one, this one, this is a very tasteful cannibal movie, which mm-hmm. is a very strange sentence, but I think true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they do tackle the subject of cannibals in a very uh, easy to ingest manner. Okay. <laughs> I'm just questioning all through. of my He's word with choices that. here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as far, as far as this subject matter goes, I was actually okay with this one and I am honestly really excited to talk about it Yeah, because I do think there are a lot of things to like break down and discuss, um, throughout the course of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, so without further ado, Erica, could you please, pretty please, uh, let me know what is in your notebook? Okay. So my first note was the addiction of continuous swiping because we when we meet noah she is waiting to go on a date (laughs) while still swiping through guys on a dating app Mm -hmm. and for anyone who has used a dating app which you have haven't you Mm -hmm. okay yeah for anyone who's used a dating app uh i think we all kind of know that feeling it, it can be a little addictive It can be when you have just people at the press of a hand that you can say, oh, I'm attracted to this person or I'm not or I'm interested in this person or I'm not. And it's just super easy to to rifle through people. It almost it almost after a while doesn't even feel like you're looking at a person like an actual person that you will perhaps be speaking to. Mm -mm. And And you're just kind of just going through like on autopilot and she has gotten to a point i i think it was smart to open up this way because it shows you that she has gotten to that point in her dating life where she's 
constantly looking forward it's like she already knows that this is not going to work and so she's like already <laughs> looking for the next guy yeah. who she could potentially go on a date with because she's had so many dates that have just not gone anywhere and mm-hmm. so this has become a routine almost yeah um you could definitely see that 100 and i i would argue to say that the advent of like tinder and all the different swiping things that you could do all the dating apps have completely changed the dating game in general like i think the atmosphere of dating was forever changed the moment that we got these apps because i agree with you i think a lot of us um especially people who are still using these apps um are probably very similar to noah you hit it hit the nail right on the head at some point with this whole swiping that we've established, it gets to a point where you just kind of do it to do it. It is like a mm-hmm. mindless activity that you can do. Um, and I think a lot of times we forget that's like, you know, you're swiping on actual human beings. It's yeah. more just like, a, oh, this is an activity that I can do when I'm bored. Like if I have a free moment, I can hop on a dating app and just swipe. Maybe I'll meet somebody. Maybe I'll just look at cute pictures for a couple of minutes, whatever the case is. Um, it's something that has become very normalized. And I think even more so since, uh, COVID and now that people are kind of getting back out into the dating scene, um, leaving their houses more going out, et cetera, et cetera. There's probably even more people using these apps now than potentially before. Before. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is kind of wild to see how dating has changed ever since all of these different apps have come out and how it has affected us as a people Mm -hmm. um and how we view dating in general Uh, Mm -hmm. i think it's very fascinating the shift um that has occurred over the years yeah well and it's also too it's like it's a mindless activity that leads to possibilities because Mm -hmm. you are also saying hey this is potentially a person that could be for me like this could be my future whatever And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like excitement in that too. I think that's different than in a way where not every single time you leave your house, you're like, maybe I'll run into someone. Like sometimes you're like, Mm -hmm. I just gotta go to the fucking grocery store. I need to get some juice and I need to go home. (laughs) And like, that's the mindset you're going out with. But you're specifically going on a dating app to find another person for a reason, whether that be just to hook up, to go on a date, just to have someone to talk to. Regardless, you're looking for companionship. And Mm -hmm. like, so that is another draw is like, you know, when you go on there that that is what you're hoping and your end game will be. Well, in meeting people in real life, yeah, you can go to like a club and you're like, I kind of hope that like I leave here tonight with somebody. But at the same time, you're like, but I'm gonna dance and drink too while yeah. I'm there. Like I got some other things on the on the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it just like it just makes there's this it's a lot of power to have yeah. in, oh, in your hand. It's, it's just a so lot of powerful. power. It's so powerful. And it's so efficient too. And I think that's the big thing is like as we move further as people, whether it be with technology a society in general, in general, we, our time, I think means more to us. And so if we can do something faster, more efficiently, we as a people love to do it. And the swiping apps are one of the most efficient ways to see a ton of people in a small period of time. Um, 
in comparison to the old school way of actually going out and meeting someone, right? Mm -hmm. You may go out and meet maybe one or two people that night that you have a full on conversation with and whether or not it works doesn't really, you know, neither here nor there, but in the same amount of time that you spend with those two people, you could have swiped on like 200, you know? And so you're just conversations with multiple people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but needless to say, this is kind of like the uh, this is the realm of modern dating as it is today. Mm-hmm. Is most people are uh, people are still dating, but we have adopted the dating apps. They have become um, basically routine within this whole aspect of dating. I think we're all used to them at this point for the most part, and it is essentially the backdrop for this entire movie is mm-hmm. that idea of. Finding that special person and then trying to make it work, but goddamn how difficult it is yeah. to do that while weaving through the current dating pool, especially for women. Because I, I will say the modern dating for women and modern dating for men is vast a vastly different experience. Yeah, it's pretty different. And I even just like the experience, I think, on dating apps is different because mm-hmm. we see Noah go through a couple of those situations in the very beginning. She goes on a date, which ends up being really shitty. And uh, this guy is meant to be like an amalgamation of all of like the worst things that a guy that could a guy be on a be. date. <laughs> He's like meant to be very, you know, he is literally the embodiment of this the worst kind of guy he, that you could possibly be on a date with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I also love this actor, Brett Dyer. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. I love him. And so it's just so funny that he has this like really small cameo where he's playing this horrible guy. <laughs> he um, does a great job he at does it too, a by great the way. Job. And that's that scarf was choking why did he have that shit pulled so tight <laughs> he didn't give it any slack i was Man's like is, is your neck gonna fall off if that scarf comes <laughs> loose <laughs> like it's just it's so tight but i will say i've been on the, i've been on a date like kind of like what no the date that noah's is going on at the moment oh, and poor thing. i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't it was bad but but there is that and then she gets home and she gets back onto the dating app and she has this strikes up this faux conversation with this guy where he pretends that he wants to talk with her and then immediately turns things sexual which is also a thing that can that happens often on on dating sites because it's the uh the boldness of being behind a screen which is like another aspect of it that you just comes with the territory unfortunately but i do think that with her character there is a lot of dating fatigue because that's another thing when you have that many people that you're consistently talking to it's the same thing over and over it's the hi how are you well well, like you have these same conversations over and over and over you go on these dates and they don't work out and after a while you just get really really tired of things going nowhere and i think that for her character specifically i think that's why she's so ready when she meets steve she's Mm -hmm. so things finally go right this is finally the thing that she's been looking for and it feels so good after so long of feeling so bad so you don't even though we are totally on Molly's side where we're like, girl, pump the brakes. Like you don't yeah. go on va- don't go on vacation with this guy. It's only been like Just a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, like things are moving really fucking fast. But at the same time, I think for anybody who has 
finally feel, feels like they finally found the good within a shitty situation you mm. want so badly for that to go well and so why pump the brakes it's like yeah. why i finally have it like why stop now kind of a thing mm-hmm. and that's encapsulated too in this whole like fuck it mentality that uh noah uses for the first kind of half of or the first 30 minutes yeah. um which is a a loose translation of what molly was telling her while they were hanging out of like <laughs> you know you gotta t- yeah. you gotta take chances you gotta put yourself out there it's, i think that's the idea molly was trying to present <laughs> not Noah, Noah interpreted it. Yeah, with a random specifically, like Noah was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, 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 bet," and then like twisted the words to fit (laughs) the situation Mm -hmm. that she was going down. Look, I'm already thinking about the fact he hasn't texted. Mm. It's one of the things I love about dating women. This game's more emotional dependence, you know. So don't play the games. Just be you straight out the gate. Fuck it. Maybe. And Molly is a real one, too, because Molly was like, you know, I didn't say that specifically, but go ahead, get yours, girl. She's like, I mean, I guess if that's how you wanted to translate <laughs> my sage <laughs> advice. But damn, girl, to the mm. what is it? Where is he saying they're going cottage? <laughs> Oh, Cottage Creek or like Cottage? Like cottage I, I have to see it again. The like cottage, cottage in the something. woods. Cottage I don't Grove, know. I think. Yeah, maybe. Cottage Grove. That's what it is. Cottage this disappeared is like, forever and never yeah. be seen again is where he's taking her. Yeah, this like very like fairy tale, the old lady of the shoe esque name that mm-hmm. she's like very excited to go to, and and yeah, he just. He, he says all the right things. And I, I do like what they do. First, okay, before we even get into that, mm-hmm. cotton candy grapes. Have you ever cotton had them? Cotton candy grapes. I don't think I have. They're so good. They legitimately do taste like just like cotton candy. Okay, so this that entire bit was written in truth. Like, this was based on a true yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. That was based in fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They... So you and you know what they you know the writer probably had cotton candy grapes a little bef- bit before writing it and was like I gotta put that shit in. I script. gotta put this shit in. <laughs> I gotta put people on because this shit is good, and it so, is. So wait, real quick, can confirm via the homie Erica, cotton candy grapes do in fact taste like cotton candy. Do in fact like taste like cotton candy. Those bitches are sweet as fuck. So if that's not <laughs> what you're like in the mood for, maybe don't get them cuz there's obviously cuz it's still a grape, so it already has all that sugar and then it just tastes super sweet cuz there there's that flavoring in it. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed cotton candy grapes. I will say I will be damned if I eat them dry out of the supermarket (laughs) (laughs) like molly or not molly like noah Mm -hmm. did but they're good i do like them now i'll I'll say two things first i definitely never really differentiated my grapes growing up though like but like the biggest differentiation was they are either purple or they're green they're green yeah i never looked at like the brand or like what kind of grapes i was eating so maybe sometime in the past i've had them and just didn't realize oh, there's brand, but, there's different brands i swear it's that same grape company <laughs> that same one grape <laughs> company same grape family it's out here running monopolies on these yeah, motherfuckers it's <laughs> just the whole grape like industry in a chokehold but yeah i was like green or purple or seedless and or with seeds those were like mm-hmm. and then the other thing was that 
I gotta be honest, I don't know how you feel about this, but I always silently judge people who eat in the supermarket before they purchase something. I don't know why it irks me. Dude. It shouldn't, but it does. I I do a little bit. Like I can understand if people maybe you ran to the supermarket specifically to get a snack and you're like starving mm -hmm. and you're like let me just start eating this or maybe you have like kids and you're like here just eat the snack and i'll pay for it but those people who are just like it's it's that you know what it's this like if, if you maybe you're buying chips or something you pop the bag open cool whatever the chips was in the bag but you wash those grapes he was eating <laughs> those grapes <laughs> straight from the dusty bin no water or nothing like he didn't clean a single one of them grapes and i'm like no fruit vegetables like that kind of stuff uh-uh-uh we're going another, home and we're washing those just another red flag from our boy steve another one that would have been for me that, <laughs> that one was a would wrap. Have been for me i would have been like this man He's risky so, with his health. <laughs> He's risky. The funny thing is, like, I, one of my notes was the fact that although Steve is absolutely covered in red flags, mm -hmm. he is very charming. And yeah. part of that is from the performance of Sebastian Stan, who you're going to hear me a lot in this episode praise. I think Sebastian Stan murdered this fucking role. Um, <laughs> Much like he murdered those women. <laughs> just like he murdered those women. <laughs> um. But it, I, I do think it's very true. The character of Steve is played very well and very charming. Charming enough that even though he does have red flags, you understand Noah's feelings mm -hmm. and why she goes along with things. It, he seems yeah. like a very trustworthy guy. He genuinely does. He's a breath of fresh air for her. And she's been suffocating in a sea of dick pics and misogynistic <laughs> men. And so, yeah, it's like it feels nice. And and also, too, a lot of times now I feel like me actually meeting someone in person almost feels like a unicorn. It's like unheard of sometimes these days. Yeah. And so for her, she's probably like in person like mm -hmm. this is crazy this cute guy just came up to me i'm wearing my sweatpants and my <laughs> and my tennis shoes and like this cute and my hair's thrown up because she just ran to the store to grab yeah. random whatever shit. or something yeah yeah and this guy just comes up and is like all about her and mm -hmm. in my head i was like ain't no fucking way i he to me i i wouldn't have been into it he was doing a little bit too much for me personally but mm -hmm. i agree i i think one thing that we do see in throughout this movie is that have the circumstances been different noah and steve actually do relate in to each other and like have very similar sense of humors like they mm -hmm. have good conversations like they have a lot in common yeah except for the the cannibalistic murder stuff like that's <laughs> except... the break that's the breaking point that's the one thing that they differentiate on but other than that like they actually really do they would get along and mm -hmm. probably honestly probably would have been and in a relationship yeah i i think that was really good writing um on on the movie's part to have these two characters actually get along mm -hmm. and have that not be like, yes, Steve is lying about a lot of things. And we find that out not too long after this, that pretty much he is just a walking lie. However, 
the chemistry that these two characters do have most definitely seems genuine. Mm -hmm. And I think that not only does it seem genuine, but it serves as a great plot device later on um, once Noah is captured and she's trying to find ways out. Um, she does play with that idea that they do get along and that there is like an actual connection here. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty vital to her story ultimately. So I do enjoy that these characters um, did actually have a little bit of a spark. That was nice. Um, it was nice up until, you know, clearly he drugged her. Right, but... right. And he he went, well, and yeah, he was a walking lie. But at the same time, I do think he was quite honest yeah, with it's, her it's, about, it's... about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Not the important I, stuff, but a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like I even even saying that he was a walking lie kind of felt tentative because I think I do think that he is a walking lie, but I think it's with Noah he feels the ability to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um that and, and we only really get to see his interactions with her for the most part. So it's hard to fully say that concretely, but that's the vibe that I got is that he just feels so at ease with her. He doesn't need to lie right yeah but, but he doesn't need to lie about the like about, extra shit like the extra yeah. details and like little like things the stuff about, about him like the personal yeah. stuff about like him as a person his likes and all that stuff he doesn't have to lie about that mm-hmm. his grand scheme of course he has to lie about oh, but all yes. the flirtatious shit he probably meant it yeah that's cute we'll keep it mm-hmm. cute for that and so like one thing i always thought that i've just thought from when I started dating because I didn't start dating until like very much later in my life but I've always thought that like going on dates is just learning like meaningless trivia about other people that you're never going to use again unless of course you continue to date this person Mm -hmm. these dates are learning a bunch of personal shit about another person that you're like Am I going to have to delete all this shit from my brain as soon as this is done? Or am I going to keep this in a save file? Because right. we don't know where this is going. But it is a lot. That's kind of the best thing for him to do. It's very smart of him to date these women to do this. Because not only can you gain their trust and get them kind of isolated. But also, you learn a lot about a person on a first date. Most mm-hmm. importantly for him he learns about their families. And the one yep. thing that all of his victims need to have in common is they need to have people that are not really going to be checking for them. Yep. And Noah doesn't. She doesn't yep. have any family. Her family is Molly, which mm-hmm. he doesn't really learn about until a little bit later. Yeah. But I like that. He learns a bunch of stuff about her that doesn't seem weird because mm-hmm. they're on a date. Like, she asks him the same questions. And, like, for her... It's the regular business of learning things. But for him, he's collecting information about her. And I like that you really, at least for me, it seemed like because we know that Steve like legitimately does like Noah, it seems to me like he actually probably would have continued to date her for longer. But the thing that he has to be aware of is he can't allow them to share too much information about him. And so Mm -hmm. when he found out that she told her best friend about him, Mm -hmm. he was like, damn, all right, come on vacation with me. Like, (laughs) let's get get (laughs) out of here. Because she was she was starting to share too much and he Mm -hmm. can't let people find out about him yeah 
And I mean, we can't, he can't let other people find out about him. And we find out later on that he has other reasons for wanting to keep what's happening between he, uh, him and Noah under wraps too, mm-hmm. um, with this kind of secondary life that he's living. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll Which we'll, we will get into, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but uh, kind of moving in a little bit into the transition, because the first 30 minutes is really just building up the romance yeah. between Noah and Steve. It's which, the prologue. It's the, the prologue. rom-com prologue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is very well done, honestly. I mm-hmm. do think it really sets everything up. Um, personally, absolutely love the title card transition. I love the way they did that. Yeah, I did too. Mm-hmm. I thought that that, that was a, a really nice, modern, cool take on like how to intro your movie. I had honestly forgotten that we hadn't even gotten the title card yet. <laughs> Me too. I until was like, fresh. <laughs> I was like, like, oh yeah. <laughs> what you mean fresh? Okay. This meal's 30 minutes cold. Okay. <laughs> but I, no, I agree. Cause I think when the title card pops up, it's, that's the movie. What yeah. comes after the title card, that's the story. The mm-hmm. beginning legitimately is just the prologue to the story. It's the introduction. But mm-hmm. the real story starts when she's taken into mm-hmm. or when he locks her up. Like from that point on, that's the story they always wanted to tell. It's just we couldn't get that unless we had the beginning as well. Yeah. Um, so that, that whole sequence I thought w- was... Um, Really fun, really unique. I enjoyed that. And then once we transition, uh, first off, the scene, the introductory scene where she's finding out what's going on, um, I thought that scene was just really well played between mm-hmm. uh, Daisy and Sebastian. I think they both kind of killed that scene in their own respects. Um, one, because Daisy Edgar Jones, her her realization of the mm-hmm. situation was so pure, and I fucking loved it yeah it was really sad it was the denial like because i do think that that would be the case is you would be like no no like there's no no way no fucking way right this is what's happening and it's the sole realization that he's being serious Mm. and then it's the jump from that to what is why like why am i why this is happening what's the next step yeah which is really and- scary. <laughs> I like you, Noah. I like you. All right? Now, I want you to listen to me very carefully, okay? You listening to me? No! There you are. I'm going to tell you now. I'm gonna sell you meat. People pay me a lot of money for it. And your hair. And weird shit like that. It's a thing. So, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna kill you. Uh, right away. Because the fresher the meat, the better. So, I'm gonna keep you alive for as long as I can. <laughs> Unless you act up. All right? But listen, until then, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to cook for you. I'm actually a really good cook. You don't know it yet. As long as you don't act up, nothing bad has to happen, all right? And look, this isn't bad, right? By the way, look at the sunset. Yeah, super scary. And I, I think what adds to a bit of the denial probably is, uh, and something that was good for me, was the fact that she set up precautions. Both her and Molly 
Um, now she was taking some risks with Steve, clearly, mm-hmm. but Molly was still in her back pocket being like, Hey, I know how modern dating goes. I know how quickly it can go bad. Make sure I'm in the loop with all this stuff. And she tries, she tries her best to like keep Molly in the know. Um, she's not shy about the fact that she is letting someone know where she's at and all mm-hmm. this stuff or attempting to. She showed uh, Molly a picture of his face as best uh, as yeah. best as she could. And as far best as she as knows, she, she shared accurate information about him as like his name and his job and all of this stuff. Yeah. And I think that there may be some people who would say, well, and, and I do like that immediately when she gets there, she asked for the Wi-Fi because she doesn't have a signal. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that she thinks it's weird that he brushes that off. Yeah, you can see it on her face. She's like, "This yeah. is kind of making me uncomfortable." But what are you gonna do? You're in his house, which is like a modernized spooky shack. His house is literally uh-huh. the cabin in the woods, except he <laughs> built that shit in modern architecture. And hey, I was like, <laughs> "That house is fucking awesome. I love, I it's love that awesome, house." Awesome, but <laughs> I'll be damned if anybody pulls me up to a house like that <laughs> in the middle, in the of, middle of the woods. Bro, uh-uh. that shit is ha- like it's legitimately like the witch in the woods house. If she <laughs> if she hired an our modern architect to come and build it for her, I was like, oh, it it is a very very nice house though. But it is weird. It's it's creepy. Yeah, it's secluded, hidden in the, hidden in the trees. You can barely yeah, see the entrance. Like a long fence across it, and she didn't know where he lived. Like he was just like, oh, we're driving to my house. <laughs> and mm-hmm. As soon as she got in the car, she was like, okay, what the fuck? And so they go to his house, but. I do think some people might say, well, oh, why didn't she share her location? Because that's what Molly does later, is she shares Mm -hmm. her location with a friend in case things go wrong, which is smart. Mm -hmm. I would like to throw this out there, though. As someone who is not tech savvy, not to say this is the case for Noah, but I did not know you could share your location until one of my friends requested me to when I Mm -hmm. went on a date one time. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. My friend was like, share your location with me. And I said, but how? <laughs> but <laughs> Do you want to know the restaurant we're going to? And she's like, no, you can literally share it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I wouldn't, I don't think it's crazy that she didn't think to do that because mm-hmm. some people just don't know. Molly, who dates very, very often, it seems, and who, or well, hooks up with people often. And that seems, and that's something that she likes to do. And it seems like she's much more adventurous. She goes out and does a lot of stuff more often. I totally buy that Molly would know to share her location. Mm-hmm. Like, she just seems much more like street smart than Noah does. Yeah. And it seems like Molly is sharing that with Noah because it seems like Molly's also the one that pushes her to take like self defense and stuff. Mm hmm. So it seems like she's sharing that with her. But I think in the grand scheme of things, Noah doesn't think of that like off the bat. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, it, it's understandable that maybe someone who's not as versed in dating as Molly would um, just lack the knowledge to do these sort of things. But needless to say, I do think that she put up at least a couple precautions, which mm-hmm. I'm happy about. You know, and uh, and y'all know, I love when characters make smart choices. It just makes uh, the storyline a bit more engaging for me. And so the fact that both her and Molly were trying to keep her safe is very useful um, because it helps make what Steve's doing, I think, feel even more malicious 
because you see how tactical he is mm-hmm. um, from how he handles the situations to even just the way he speaks. Like the way he speaks, he gives you the information that he wants to give you, nothing more. Like yeah. you get what he's trying to give you, and he's very select with the things that he says. Yeah. Um, and he's still a condescending asshole the yeah. whole time. And he was like, give me a smile. Give me a smile. It's like, yeah. That I I do definitely think we once we get the turn we see a lot more of his true personality come out when he doesn't have to keep up the flirtation anymore he doesn't have to wear the like oh I'm the nice guy mask he's like well I mean I have you now so I can just be myself mm-hmm. um, and you get to see even more of the several red flags that we'd seen previously <laughs> but yeah even more <laughs> wavy this time yeah I was like you get to see that he is just one giant flag he is actually just a flag with a face yeah (laughs) just waving in the wind and you're like oh okay (laughs) didn't see that before (laughs) (laughs) it's true um one thing i liked uh with the with the setup here too though is i do really enjoy that noah wasn't alone i think that was a really smart choice to have her not be the only person mm -hmm. who was captured yeah, I, at first I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it because at first I was like, oh, there's like a lot of people down here. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how I felt about the like, talk to me through the walls kind of thing. <laughs> where It's like, hey, how are you? Um, but it grew on me. And I think especially because at first I was really worried. I was like, is this going to be not real like i kept i kept worrying that they were going to do this weird thing where that actually wasn't a victim and Uh it was like someone trying to trick her or something i did too but i'm so glad that wasn't the case and i am glad that it was actually other women that she could find some like solidarity in and it helped it so that she had someone else to talk to someone else to relate to and someone else to fight for mm-hmm. um i did like that it, it grew on me as the movie went along for sure yeah i was right with you there at the beginning i thought that this was part of like the big con i thought mm-hmm. that whoever was on the other side of that uh was just in cahoots with steve yeah uh, there was a moment in time where we we meet well i mean we're deep enough in the episode now to talk about his secondary life but we again if you we spoiled a lot here if you don't want any more spoilers now's the time to turn back uh we find out that he's living a a, a dual life a little bit later on mm-hmm. and once we got that information i definitely thought that penny was just going to be his wife like mm. in the other room that's that's really what i thought it was going to be um but i i agree i i enjoyed that it was a real person and i also enjoyed that she had her own unique experience i like that penny wasn't just a full-on throwaway character um we don't really really get to see her shine until the honestly the end of the movie mm-hmm. but the fact that she was um in unison going through her own story along with Noah. I thought that was a really smart choice. Yeah, and, and I liked it felt it was three women at three different stages. It was almost like like Noah could see, okay, this is what Melissa is what Melissa I could does. become if I'm if I give up. Yeah. Penny is like what I'll become first. Mm-hmm. But it was like three different stages of what this situation could potentially be yeah and i do think that it was nice for her to have discussions and and 
it kind of helped flesh out. It helped us know what Noah was thinking without having to have her like talk to herself or like, you know, mm -hmm. it helped the time pass, I think, while she yeah. was in captivity for the audience as well as for her. Um, but you're right. Yeah, I was like, I swear to God, if we cut over to this other thing and it's just some lady sitting, eating McDonald's on the other side of the thing, drinking a Coke, I was like, I will be really upset. But it wasn't. But I will, I will say one thing I wish they hadn't done is I do wish that we did not see Penny at all until Noah rescued her. Rescued her. I don't think I I don't think they should have done that. They do this pan over. over shot where we see like a little bit of Penny. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Cause I feel like we were with Noah. We were stuck in her situation. And I yeah. think we should have just stayed there and then seen Penny in her state now for the first time later because we see a picture of her first mm -hmm. and i think it would have been cool to see the picture and then yeah. see what she looks like now you know i i agree with you i do uh i enjoyed the pan over shot but i will admit that it was purely out of curiosity of what they were going to do with penny mm -hmm. um at that point in the movie i was like yeah, no, I want to see Penny. Sure. What, is, what does Penny look like? I'm so curious about who Penny is. Yes, please let me know. Um, so when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I also think, um, I'll veer back to my original idea here, but I also think that with Penny, they had such a good opportunity to go very, very dark with that character. And y'all know I do enjoy some darkness in my horror <laughs> movies. But this was the one time where I was actually glad that they didn't go that route. Mm -hmm. um, because before we see Penny, we know that she's been there longer. She's had some parts of her taken already. She's already made a comment about like, oh, I'm being slowly eaten mm -hmm. alive and blah, 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 blah. So when we get that reveal of what she looks like, we could have gotten very, very grim there. But we don't like she's she's messed up. Don't get me wrong. Like she is messed up, but it's not as bad as I think at least my imagination mm. and probably a lot of other people's imaginations were, were. Which is why I, which is why I think they don't show us Melissa, because I think at that point, Melissa is probably like pretty, pretty yeah. gone. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's why we don't see her at all. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it kind of reminds me of. Some aspects of it kind of remind me of like a lighter martyrs. And I think mm -hmm. that by having other people to talk to, it keeps it from going down that darker, like she's completely alone. Like, yeah, solitary confinement yeah. sort of <laughs> yeah. vibe. Yeah. It keeps it lighter, agree. which I do think this movie is trying to have a little bit more. It's a dark, dark, dark comedy, but there mm -hmm. is like a little bit of a lightness to it. And I think that comes from these women finding some solace in each other. And I also think that that comes from the fact that we really don't see for a movie about cannibalism. It's not as gory as you might mm -hmm. think it would be. No, and I think that also comes from that. Yeah, it's very light on the gore, and that's why what I meant earlier on when I was like, this movie didn't bother me that much mm -hmm. because they didn't really put a big spotlight on the cannibalism aspect of it. You're not watching, you're you're not sitting there to watch a bunch of people eat other people. Like it is an aspect of the movie, but it's not the main mm -hmm. like main thing that you're watching the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But quickly circling back to the penny thing, um, I do just to round that idea out. Agree with you that. 
once I saw Penny, I was satisfied to get to see the character finally. But the fact that we do get to see her again later and she actually plays a role, it would have made more sense to just save that reveal for later. And there are a couple pieces of this plot that although I think everything that we see in this movie moves things along for the most part, it is still a longer movie. Mm -hmm. And so there are definitely little things that could have been trimmed out Mm -hmm. that had they been trimmed out, we probably wouldn't have missed them that much. However, even those pieces, I will say for me, still told somewhat of a story. Um, all the one, all the little parts that I'm thinking of. I'm like, didn't need it, but it did serve some purpose in some way. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's interesting because I do think all of the excess characters of this movie are symbolic of, of things. Mm-hmm. And... So, like, for instance, going with what we're saying a little bit, I do think a part, and I could be totally off base here, but I do feel like part of the reason that we don't see a ton of gore and stuff is because I do think that there is, they're definitely touching on this idea where women a lot of times are, like, just seen as a piece of meat, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, all about their bodies. and, And that happens a lot, too, on dating apps is, you know, guys just see a woman and think of her as a piece of meat. And mm-hmm. and I think that's why they maybe avoided that in this, because although that is part of the plot, I don't think it's the point. And it almost could have felt really mean. And it almost would have felt like it was feeding into that. I think if we saw too much of these women being like, torture and mutilated. Yeah. And it's like, we don't, we get enough of it um, with past victims yeah and i think that works better to have the majority of what we see be from past victims and only see a little bit from our current victims um Mm -hmm. and then we have like the character of paul for instance paul the bartender who Mm -hmm. i actually really liked i liked his character a lot um but Mm -hmm. i think i think there is a little bit of his character that is meant to be symbolic of maybe the like the man who sees something and doesn't do anything about it or like the man Mm -hmm. who knows something is going on and doesn't do anything about it kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um which you know cool like i i i I think that works but Mm -hmm. i don't know if i love what they did with it yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> he he for me when i was making my little statement before he was like the biggest thing we could have probably let go he served he served one very key plot point to getting uh steve's address that was a very key plot point yes. so we didn't need him for that but all of the excess stuff that we got with him it was a lot of build up for what for me just kind of felt like a joke at the end yeah. which i liked the joke i thought it was funny but it was just uh, it was a lot of extra runtime that we didn't necessarily need, need for the payoff. Yes, because I thought there was going to be more. And spoiler alert: the Paul payoff is nothing. He it's doesn't a little do shit. Weak. I think <laughs> I think it's just a misplacement of timing. I think mm-hmm. if that had happened earlier, it would have played better. Because mm-hmm. I agree, I I don't mind the joke. I was actually like, honestly, dude. Get it. I get it. Because, like, if I heard gunshots popping off, I'd probably be like, let me go. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I think if that happened earlier, if that happened before this final battle, 
I think it would have helped just drive forward what his character was meant to be because the way that it is now is a little muddy because part of me is like, yeah, he definitely is this guy who is just can tell that something's wrong, but is not willing to go any further than where he's at, which gets shown to us a lot when he's just, he's sitting in the car or sitting at the bar and he sees that Molly's in a place uh, she's not responding to his messages. He sees that she's in this weird location. He knows in his heart that something weird is going on, but he's not willing to do more than he currently is. That is what me leads me to believe what I, you know, think his character is or symbolic of. But then I get confused because by having him there in the final battle or by having him there, having him go as far as to get to the house and do all this stuff and then he hears gunshots, of course he would leave. Of course he would run because he's he he is not equipped to handle what is potentially going on. So then I get confused because then I'm on his side. I completely understand where he's coming from. I would leave too. So then it does start to feel like, is this a joke? Is he just a joke character? Maybe that is what he was meant to be, but it's conflicting. His character moments are conflicting i don't know if he's meant to be more or if he was always just leading up to this joke of you know being that guy who doesn't want to get caught slipping in a horror movie because that also makes a lot of sense maybe they're subverting that i just get confused and yeah it's just the timing of it like by having him come in the midst of it it cuts I don't want to keep cutting back to Paul while yeah. I'm focusing on our three victims trying to escape. Like, yeah. because, it, and I also didn't get, I was like, so where is Paul? Like, no, they, they can't see his car. He can't, yeah. they can't see his headlights. Was, Why did they go through the, the back? Why did yeah. they go to the woods <laughs> instead of going through the front door? And then they would have seen him. Like, you know, little things like that had me confused yeah. about how things were operating and i didn't want to be confused at that point mm -hmm. i wanted to just be like yeah fuck him up but mm -hmm. paul kept tripping me <laughs> up <laughs> yeah. yeah paul is i think he, he paul is a great idea that just may have been executed not perfectly i'm not even gonna say bad it's just like the execution of Paul and what Paul was supposed to symbolize mm -hmm. could have potentially been tweaked i do like the i do like the notion that Paul kind of served as like this red herring of like, all right, here comes the guy to come save the women. Right. And then he does absolutely nothing. They have to save themselves. Um, I do like that idea. And I like that we're putting the spotlight on the strength, the strength and survivability of the women in, in question, but how we handled Paul and his integration into the story, perhaps could use a little tweak. Could have used a little bit of meddling, I think. And also, too, I will say I am I'm glad he didn't die because I was thinking he was going to. Yeah, I did same. think he was, was gonna like, run in there, you know. It's gonna be another Halloran situation. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> yes. Bro, if we had had another Dick Halloran situation, I probably would have been like, uh, I gotta turn that, this off. That is how I felt towards both Paul and Molly. And Molly. The whole Ooh. fucking movie. And they fuck with you. They know what they're doing. They do fuck with you with that. And I'm upset that they do because there are so many situations where I'm like, don't you dare kill Paul or Molly right now. Don't you 
Don't you yeah. dare touch the two black people in this movie. I really like Molly's character. I really mm-hmm. do enjoy watching her because I think if done a little differently, if played a little differently, I do think cutting back to her could have become tedious. But mm-hmm. it didn't. I I always was like down for Molly. I was down for her little investigation. Um, I loved the idea that what tipped her off was the way that Noah spoke. Like she knows mm-hmm. how Noah speaks to her. And so yeah. having Steve type or respond differently than what Noah would, I love that that was the thing that like tipped her off. Because I totally get that. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think all of my friends have a really different way of speaking. And like... I think most people feel that way where you're like, you know, I I would know if someone was like speaking for them kind of a thing. Exactly. And so I loved that. I thought that was awesome for me personally. And and tell me if you feel differently. I think they did a good job with Molly because she is, you know, the the best friend, the sidekick character. But I do think they did a good job of fleshing her out so that her whole existence wasn't Noah. She just was her best friend and she cared about her. So she wanted to find her. But I do. it felt really reciprocated. Like I mm-hmm. felt the same way about Noah. Like I felt like she really cared about Molly and like loved her. And if the roles were reversed, Noah would be doing the same thing for Molly mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I will say Molly was like much more of a ride or die than I was because <laughs> you be, <laughs> you will never find me in some stranger's house. <laughs> Talk about let me call. I think you know when she when she looked Steve in his eyes and said, "I think you know my friend Noah." I was like, "Molly, if you don't get your ass yeah, out of here, you gotta, <laughs> you're playing a little fast look, and look, loose." <laughs> I like I like how fiery you are. I love that you're a ride or die. A little bit more tact with this situation. Yeah. We're we're in danger. We're in yeah. dangerous territory right Let's, now. Can we get a little bit more ride on this? Because <laughs> your die is coming up real quick. We need a little more ride uh, added in. Because yeah, she was playing wild. Yeah, she she got a little wild there, and I think that was like my one discrepancy with her. Is there's a there's a period of time like when she does the phone call thing. I get it. Yeah. I do get it. Why you didn't wait until you were outside, outside the door? Questionable to me. Um, but okay, I still mm. like the move yeah. of calling the phone. I do think that's still a smart move. You just did it at a really weird time. Yeah, um, it was very clever. It was just like, girl, now you're right now. smack dab in between both <laughs> in of them. The <laughs> For real. Um, that part I liked, but I felt like from that point, and granted, she kind of like disappears after that, right? From that point until we see her again i do think that she becomes kind of like you spend the next couple of scenes wondering if they're eating her is really what it becomes is just like because we get all these like dinner sequences and um steve is cooking people and we don't get to see molly and every time we're just like is that dark molly is that dark I was I was pausing and checking. I will fully admit I was pausing and checking. Anytime we saw a sing a single limb, anything, I'd be like, "Is that brown skin? Is that brown skin or light skin?" Or, I was like, "Is it brown skin or is it just brown because he cooked it?" I was like, "I can't tell. I can't tell." So every time I was like, "Don't you dare kill Molly!" I do think they for sure ate her her breast. Yeah, they ate her boob. They that was her breast meat, one hundred percent. Because he, you, you, you heard to it too. It. He slips that little line in there 
while they're chit-chatting about stuff where he's like, oh, this tastes good. This is uh, this is a little bit different. You may even think this taste is kind of familiar. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is uh, breast meat. And it's, um, it's really nice. It's fatty and subtle. I don't know. It might even be familiar. <laughs> And we never get the name of whose of whose breast it is that they end up eating. So I'm like 100% certain for myself that they ate her boob. She's they, also well, like holding her breast later on. I was about to say they on. do because you see later when she is beating him with the meat tenderizer. That's why she stops is because she like hurts. She like still has that yeah. wound or whatever. Which, it's still healing. Now that now that we're an hour-ish into the episode, let's chit-chat about Steve for a second and all of the all of the nuances of our main antagonist here. Yeah. Uh, once we get the reveal of Steve, once we know who Steve is, how did you feel about him outside of hating his guts? Like Look, what I mean, I I like what Sebastian Stan did with Steve. I think mm -hmm. it was like I, I, there's something about him that feels so needy, and I kind of like that. He definitely has this element to him where he, he like wants, he, he like needs something from people. Like he, he, it, like he lives off of this feeling of like, people either being afraid of him or wanting him or like these different emotions that he gets from these women. I definitely feel like something in him like feeds off of that. And mm -hmm. I think that's also why he enjoys eating them so much. And mm -hmm. I will say though, I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired of like the psychopath that like dances and sings along to music while mm -hmm. he's doing things. Like I'm just a little bit, tired of it because i feel like we've seen it so much at this point and Fair. it and i just want it to be different where's the psychopath that listens to like kendrick lamar while they're doing like <laughs> <laughs> while they're, if he was rapping was along like... to some rap or something that shit would have been funny i would have loved that but it's always like 80s music and you know they're always like singing along and dancing along to it mm -hmm. and or it's like classical music or something. And mm -hmm. that was the only thing where I was like, this feels a little done before, it's okay. not, which isn't horrible. It's not bad. But I felt like other aspects of him were so fresh, <laughs> if you will. Mm -hmm. hey, um, there it is. And then it got to that. And that sort of became a really big part of his character. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. All right. I, I, you know, I think that's fair. I hear that out. Um, I, again, I'm coming from a place of I am a Sebastian Stan Stan. So I enjoyed uh, most, if not all, of the little dance montages mm -hmm. that we got. Um, the the first the first one where he's like cooking up that leg, I I liked it because for me it made it easier to manage the cannibalism aspect of it. <laughs> I like genuinely, I think that light upbeat tone is what made it easier to watch because who's ever doing props for them props to you because that leg looked like a leg that yeah. I was like that, that is a little too realistic for me. Um, and watching you chop that up is not fun, but watching you chop that up 
and sing and dance, <laughs> I can do a little bit more. I'm kind of into it, yeah. Um, and then I maybe it's just because I have a dark sense of humor, but the fact that he talks he talks that good shit while he's like doing plastic surgery on people, um, I did think was funny. Um, one of my biggest notes that I wrote in bold is the level of disrespect that is stealing someone's ass. Um, that will go down in history for me as one of the pettiest things I have ever seen in a yeah. horror movie. Yeah, but it's like she still had it. Like every if yeah. you see her afterwards, like anytime she's wearing like the dress at the end or something, I'm like, I, mean, I see you, your butt. But how are you gonna make somebody's butt fully disappear? Well, then why would you have them? Why have him take her butt if you knew fair, you couldn't get okay, rid of her butt? Okay, but. But he's so funny. Like, he stole her ass. It is funny. It is funny. But I'm like, if you're going to keep showing me her butt, then make sure that she is flat. Well, uh, <laughs> is they, I think, you know what? I think they tried for a while. I think they tried up until yeah. like the end because for the most part, you do see her in like super baggy shirts and like stuff right. like that. Um, but yes, the moment that the baggy shirt goes, the booty does return. And that is puts, true. And she puts the dress on. And I was like, oh. So you Suddenly regenerated. <laughs> ah, I see you have that special, <laughs> that special butt regeneration power. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I I hear you though. I do think that some of the elements of what he was doing are very reminiscent of what we've seen in the past. Um, and for which me, isn't that bad, worked. Which I'm, that, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's like for me, it worked because it felt like a culmination of a lot of different things that I enjoyed. Um, and so watching him for me, pull from different sources and fuse them into this one character. I was like, I like this. I like this kind of charming, but clearly psychotic, but also kind of down to earth psychopath that we get here. He's not like, a. a a mile away from the other psychopaths that we've seen in other similar films, but he is different enough that I think he stands out as his own particular kind of psychopath. Mm -hmm. And that, that I appreciated. Um, Yeah. I like what I love it when he's just talking to them. I love it when he dances with her, mm -hmm. like those scenes where they're dancing together and stuff. Those are great scenes. Yeah. Those those are great scenes. And I actually, and I also don't mind it too, when he's doing it while he's doing surgery, I think it's just that first cooking scene. It just like it was a where he like slides in mm-hmm. and he's like like doing all that stuff, doing like leg kicks and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> this is this is that one's too much. And I do have some moments like that where I just think they go on too long or there's like a little bit too much because I felt I feel the same way when she tries the meat for the first time mm-hmm. and it does that thing where like zooms in, zooms in on yeah, her yeah. eye and then they like cut to all the. There's like some times where it just feels a little bit too like music video-esque which i think we did realize that this director has directed music videos before Mm -hmm. so it makes sense um so it makes sense but it's at times it just feels a little bit too much for me Mm -hmm. and i would prefer if it was just a little more streamlined um but there are also some awesome like graphic shots where things get really like blurry or where like lines get really like um fuzzy and things like that i love those shots there's also a lot of mouth shots uh did not appreciate (laughs) did not like we like to call that manifesting let's go (laughs) Mm, i was like not the mouth not again Um, not again (laughs) Uh, you know, the, 
What, what I'll say about the directorial style here, and again, uh, this is Mimi Cave's first big theatrical de- debut. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, as I think for a first showing, this is absolutely that was phenomenal. Great. Yeah. Fucking it's really fantastic. Great. Um, but I think maybe because of that, there were a lot of um, artistic choices in how things were shot. And again, pulling from the music video background. Um, conveying emotion through just different imagery is something that a lot of people who do music videos will do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's done very well. Um, I'll bet maybe a little bit too much, but I think that for every like one time that it doesn't work, you get two or three times where it works very well. Mm-hmm. So for me, the directorial style, I didn't mind because I knew that Mimi K was trying to be very artsy with this. And I was okay with it because a lot of the artsiness does work. I, yeah. I love some of the way some of these shots are framed. I love the color theory with a lot of like the housing stuff and even some of the people's outfits. I think there was a lot of care and concern um, in regards to the the photography of this whole whole movie. And I, I really enjoyed it. I genuinely did. I thought that mm-hmm. the, there were some really awesome images that oh yeah stood yeah out to I, me. I will say i love 90 like 90 percent of the way that it shot and i love mm-hmm. that like they chose something and they stuck to it and it feels so solid the whole way through whether i like it or not is you know that's that's going to be up to every person but right. for the most part i do like it there are, like i said there's just certain places where you're right it's a little bit more noticeable than than it is and there are certain times you know what it is there are just certain times where the action that's happening i want it to happen like what's happening to me in that moment is so much more important than maybe the artisticness of it like Mm -hmm. like if you're gonna give a girl bite his dick off and instead we're like (laughs) watching her walk around and Uh then they're dancing and i'm like But yeah, it's just my impatience. She bit his dick. (laughs) And put toothpaste in his eyes. I was like, very good. Yeah, Yeah. you better. After that whole movie, needed to see this man get messed up. Absolutely. Truly needed to. And it's so interesting, too, because I feel like with Noah's character, another thing we find out by having other women there is I feel like she feels especially violated because she finds out she's the only one who has slept with him. Mm-hmm. And that's it's like this extra, apparently. yeah, that's not something he does apparently. And it's like this extra step of, of feeling like your body is no longer yours kind mm-hmm. of because it meant nothing. It was all a lot. And not only did it mean nothing, but it was all a ruse to get you here so that he can continue to have agency over your body kind of a thing. And I think even with him giving her that dress when he decides that he wants to go on the date with her and he tells her to freshen herself up and he gives her a dress that he wants her to wear, I think it kind of calls back to the beginning when she's on that date and that guy says, oh, you know, you look so feminine and so beautiful in a dress. And we come to see that that's just not Noah's style. Even when she is dressing up for dates, a dress is not ever part of her wardrobe that's not what she likes to wear it seems so even with him doing that it's him saying this is what i want you to wear this is what i think you'll look nice in and it's he still has control over her body how she feels how she looks but and that's just like a different 
slightly more subtle way of doing that because it's not a choice for her. It's a choice he's made for her. And so I love that she gets him back by like biting his his dick off and taking back that that power. But and I also do love, though, too, how we do find out that he has some favorites and that mm-hmm. he has some people that he maybe is a little bit uh, easier on or gives better perks to. Um, and I love we find that out because through that magazine that mm-hmm. that he get or that he gives her. But um, kind of going with, with that and going into the end, I feel like we need to talk about Anne mm-hmm. bef- because she plays a part in this yeah. ending bit. Anne, um, so Anne for me is kind of a hard, is another hard character to talk about because for me it's very similar to Paul where I feel like the character served a very important purpose for the movie, but once the movie was done, I almost felt like we wasted time having that extra character. Um, and that's purely from a runtime standpoint, because this movie is clocking in at like almost two hours, like an hour 40 some some. Um, but we find out he has a family and is his wife with like he's got a wife and fucking kids. Yeah. And she also is aware of what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. She knows that he has this job that requires him to kidnap people and basically kill and them. Kill them, yeah. Um, she she but, acts which, like it's his regular nine to five, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's just That's just what he does when he leaves for work. Um, what she doesn't know is the fact that he's having an affair with one of the women that he is um, captured. And watching, I will say, watching her take in this information deal with it and all of that stuff was good and i and and i think and i think the actress charlotte i think she did a great job with that character i think the character of Anne, we get to go on a a pretty um a, a, a pretty full emotional journey with her it's just once the ending hits it just feels like it didn't serve any purpose other than to make uh, Steve seemed like a worse individual because not only is he doing this shit, but he's also a married man mm-hmm. who's yeah, cheating on his Anne wife. Yeah, to me is interesting because... Oh, and that was what something I was going to say earlier is I do wonder if maybe that is why Molly maybe thought she was a little bit more safe because their kids were pitter-pattering upstairs and so maybe right. she thought they wouldn't do anything. So they wouldn't try nothing. Kids, they said, bitch, you That's thought true. our kids were going to come help. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... I don't... They didn't end up... They probably just didn't even know that they were doing anything. But yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's maybe why she thought she was okay. Things yeah. would be okay. But Anne to me is an interesting character because I feel like she is an example of maybe a woman who is aware that her husband is doing horrible things. And mm-hmm. rather than interfere or, you know, do whatever instead to keep up the life that she is leading she instead just kind of accepts it Mm -hmm. whether she likes it or not because it doesn't seem to me that she likes that this is the situation but rather that it's just the way it is kind of a thing yeah i was gonna say i feel like she strikes me as neutral about it like yeah she's come to terms that her husband does terrible things but she lives a good life yeah it's like it is what it is kind of a thing and there's something like 
you 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 see that she has a prosthetic leg, which could mm-hmm. lead you to assume, which led me to assume one of two things. The thing that I'm like less that's like not as much of a possibility to me is that maybe she was a victim of his yeah. in the past, like but, a favorite that became yeah, a wife. I, I thought that as well. But then at the same time. Another thought that I had that I actually prefer, so I'm going to lean to this even if it's not correct, is that he gives a speech when he's talking to Noah mm-hmm. about how eating someone is giving them yourself completely and that's love kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I just think that Steve is the kind of person that if you're with him, he would convince you if you really love me, you will give your whole self to me. And mm-hmm. I wonder if she was just some person that has been with him, found out what he was into, and and he made her believe that, and she offered mm-hmm. that to him. Yeah, and It was like, if you love me, you do this for me kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, and her knowing that that's the way that he feels, she feels... Because in the end, she kind of plays this like, oh, my God, it's over type of thing. But then she tries to kill Noah. Yeah. But I feel like it's more so that she always knew that no matter what, like she was never going to be enough. Because whether he is emotionally having an affair, sexually having an affair, that kind of he he always would be having an affair if he's eating other women. Because if his mindset is eating another person is like having a part of them. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be obsessed with that. He's always going to love other women to some regard. So maybe it, to her, it was just always like, I'm never going to have my husband. Like, I'm always going to share him with other women. And maybe it was more so just that, like, release of frustration that Noah was one that he was, like, obsessed with again. Yeah. And kind of a thing. Yeah. Especially when she starts, like, sharing... um interests with him which i'll talk to you about in just a second here mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know um i could see that being a potential case like she gave an offering to him out of love i could mm-hmm. see that being a, something as well um i don't know if we find out exactly whose leg it was in the first scene um i highly doubt it's her leg it wouldn't really make sense yeah. with i think the timeline of things i think but- it was pennies maybe was that was that penny's it leg? might have been it, penny it was either penny's or melissa's or melissa's penny. yeah um because i was gonna say maybe it was like her leg in the beginning but that doesn't really make sense um yeah i what's what's difficult about that character is like i don't mind her i really don't um i just kind of wish she did more because i feel like 90 percent of the time that we spend with her we spend feeling bad for her um, or like the, the plot is trying to make us feel bad for her because most of the time we see her post kidnapping Molly is we see her dealing with the fact that she now knows that her husband is having an affair. Like we see her with the long shots in the bathroom, the shower mm-hmm. scene, all this stuff. It's a lot of just like sitting in contemplation, yeah. which I don't know. It, it was one of those things where, again, did not mind that character, but having her in there outside of moving some plot along and adding some character, um, some extra elements to the character and story of Steve, part of me was kind of left wanting with Anne as a character. 
Um, I didn't. But yeah, Um, (laughs) especially when she rolls up in the end, like once again, you're here too. Did he invite (laughs) the whole neighborhood? Like when she rolled up in the end, it was just oh my god, so many cooks in the kitchen, and none of them were needed besides the original four. Yeah, and especially I think it muddies things up because not only. We already know that Steve is working for like a bigger corporation type of thing. Yeah. And not only does Anne show up, but she brings her another person with her. Yeah. And we're just like, what happened to that guy? Like, it just adds too many things. And I almost would have preferred if it was just like, yes, he has these people that he works under. And that mm-hmm. was just kind of it. Like, I, that was the big thing is that he had bosses or, yeah. or people that it was important that he followed through and mm-hmm. not so much like Annie has a wife and they work together and now she's got to like clean up the mess. Cause then it's like, and then, just, and then Anne gets her shit rocked and it's over. And I'm like, yeah. that, I think that's, that's huh? the issue there is like, I enjoy that Anne dies and I also enjoy the, the way they kill her. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what has horror podcasting done to me? <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. Um, However, I think I would have personally preferred if when she delivers that line of like she sees she sees um Steve dead and she's like, all right, clean this up. I would have loved that that was the last we saw of her. Just mm-hmm. we because a lot of things are left up in the air. That's one of the things that I wish they left up in the air. What yeah. happens with Steve and his body? What happens with his wife? What happens with this whole organization that he's working with? I don't need to know. All I needed to all I needed to see was Steve die. That that was it. Like once yeah. you did that, the rest have fun with it. I just like you can leave me in the dark with that. Yeah. Um. So having her die at the end there rather than serve as like a potential next in line or something like that, and it's funny or it's kind of ironic because I always like I'm like stop setting up your sequels, but that would have been a great way to be like eh, maybe there's a sequel. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um. But kind of, kind of moving from Anne for a second here and going back to Noah and Steve before or pre-dead Steve, I just wanted to give a shout out to the final girl antics of Noah and her just survival instinct and want to live and punish this guy. Uh, I think it's very admirable. Like the when he's leaving and she's just like, what does it taste like? What a fucking power move Mm -hmm. that was by her. Like, she knew exactly what to say to get this man interested. Like, the exact same tactic that he's been using on her since they met, she reversed the roles and was like, what's the one thing that I could say to you right now that would... that would supersede everything that we're currently doing? That would stick in your head, that you wouldn't forget. Because you can tell that it, like... It sticks. It stays with him. Like mm-hmm. He is still thinking about it the next day. <laughs> next day. Ladies, if you ever want to stay on a man's mind forever, find something that he likes and just say something very vague about it. Just say to know that you know. Yeah. Say something vague. And then when he gives you like a very detailed answer, just be like, hmm. hmm. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. But like she, yeah, she's very clever. She, she switches tactics a couple of times um, until she finds one that works. And I love that she's so like, I love that that instinct kicked in, that survival instinct kicked in for her so hard. She never broke, never Never. broke character until she was alone. And I loved that because like, 
I understand people operate differently, but it is really nice to see someone who is like, I'm so fucking committed to getting out of this situation that like he is not going to see me sweat at all. Because I think if you I kept wondering if like Penny was going to overhear them and think like maybe she wasn't to him, you know, because I was like, she's really playing this shit like Mm -hmm. She's, she's playing really, him like a fucking fiddle, really dude. Doing it, and I was like, "Is someone gonna overhear her and think this is legit?" Because if you didn't know, you probably would think that she was into it, and she does it so fucking well. And she makes him feel so. She does the same thing to him. She puts his guard down, and then she takes advantage of that. But also, that pasta looked fucking bomb. Like I know that it was. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> Hey, I know those cook. meatballs. He's I know a, those he's the worst human being, but man's could cook. <laughs> I know those meatballs were like people meat, but that pasta looked. But when he grated that Parmesan cheese on top, oh, my compliments <laughs> to the chef. <laughs> like, oh well, you know what? That directly segues into a question that I was not going to leave this episode without asking you. And that is, would you have been able to do it? In Noah's shoes, knowing what you had to do to play this ruse, could you have taken that bite? Like ate the meat? Yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, if my life was on, <laughs> if my life was on the line, I would just have to pretend like it was some other type of meat. Okay. And just And just hope for the best. Okay. I have mad respect for you because I don't know if I could. I genuinely don't know if I could. If like it was life or death, you have to eat this people meat to survive. That might be a wrap on me. Legit. I might not be able to do it. I would would do it. If if nothing else, like maybe be able to take the bite, Mm -hmm. but to then continue the ruse afterwards. No fucking way. (laughs) The way that she did it. Yeah. Absolutely. No fucking way. No, I just have to think that honestly, the, the like I said, the spaghetti meatballs, I think I could have easy peasy gotten that because like it looked mm-hmm. the fuck good. Just but put your brain somewhere else. The boob and um, yeah, that looked like people. Me. That <laughs> shit looked. Yeah, that was straight fat, dog. <laughs> uh-uh. That one wouldn't have been because there was no sauce. There was some leafy greens mm-hmm. on the side. And what am I supposed to hide the flavor with? Because at least with the spaghetti sauce and marinara, at least with the liver mm-hmm. pa- the liver pate, she she it seemed I, like it had a lot of garlic and shit, so it mm-hmm. she, it might have been okay. That looked under seasoned. There was no ke- no ketchup, no barbecue sauce, no nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Fair. And under the idea and assumption that that was Molly that they were having, I will say I was kind of confused by that dish, to be fair. Like, just where it was placed within that meal, because I could see him serving up some Molly to be vindictive and just to be like, oh, you're trying to play me? Here, eat your friend, Mm -hmm. which is what I assumed was happening the whole time. But it it was very strange to me just the sequence of what Steve did um, from Noah expressing curiosity about eating people and people meat to then immediately being like, I need to cut some piece off of Molly to serve her at some point later on because we see her him snatch Molly up and perform mm-hmm. surgery on her. So we know for a fact that he's, he took something from yeah. her. But as that date night was going on and they were getting closer and closer, I'm like, would you not 
change your mind yeah. about that dish and just maybe not serve it or do ice cream instead? Yeah. Like, why did you still have to feed her serve the boob Molly. meat? Or grab another girl's torso. I saw one in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> like, why you got to make her eat her best friend? Like, what? But that's what I mean. I still think there's just a part of him. But but he. that's what I mean. I really do think he believes that, like, that is that there is something like I don't think he thinks that's that that's a bad thing that oh, she's eating like, her his her friend. I think he's just think, thinking like, oh, this is nice for her. Yeah, that it's Molly. Like she would like that. Most cannibals don't often get to eat their yeah, friends. It's so. so rare that we get a friendship <laughs> meal. Yeah, so I, I do think that there's a part of him that's like, because he wouldn't he would eat Noah and he loves is like in love with her or whatever like i i really do mm -hmm. think that he just thinks like this is cute this is just, cute like this is so intimate to eat mm -hmm. another part of someone that you love and he knows that mm -hmm. noah loves maybe him. cannibal brains just build different i don't know <laughs> but it but it does kind of suck that like i kind of wanted her to know molly was there before she found out because uh -huh. I kind of wanted them to talk through the wall, but Molly is like zoinked for she's yeah. like zooted on she's, some drugs for <laughs> for a while. <laughs> she's pretty out of it. Um, all right. Before we head out, we gotta talk about the beatdown. Mm -hmm. Um, and before we got to the beatdown, um, this was almost minutes before, so good on them, because I guess their timing was just really good about this. But the climax was happening. Um, oh, actually, hold on. Give me. There is one thing that I wanted to point out. Um, I don't know if this was an, an intentional Easter egg or not. And I don't know if this was on purpose. But for me, it's a little Easter egg for you guys. Uh, if you're watching this movie, at almost exactly an hour and 38 minutes, this is like right after she bites Steve's dick off. Mm -hmm. And he's like in the room stuck there. I feel like there is a very quick homage to The Shining that I really liked mm. because there is a shot of him like yelling at her through the door that is very reminiscent of the Here's Johnny scene, mm. just visually. Uh, take a look at that uh, next time you are watching this movie if you want to see, and maybe you'll see what I was saying. Mm -hmm. um, but with the beatdown section, uh, once the escape is happening, right, and the ladies are trying to make their way out. Like, you know, there's going to be another confrontation. Yeah. And for me, the thought that was in my head is, man, I feel like we've been in this situation before where we have this male antagonist and, and the final girl trying to get away. I would love to just one time see the, see the woman or women just beat the dude's ass, mm -hmm. like kick his ass. Mm -hmm. And the movie provides. The movie truly does provide. Yes, and Mama does provide. Well, because the thing is, I I had a feeling when Molly was still, when we find out that Molly is still kind of kicking, I was like, okay, I, I Molly, Molly and her, because I was like, they have to be alluding to something with Molly having taken self-defense and doing yeah. all that stuff because i was like that didn't come up earlier so i kind mm -hmm. of started to feel when she, when he didn't kill her right away i was like okay i think she's gonna make it to the end but what i was actually really happy about was i love that penny in some capacity as well as she could was able to partake because a lot of her journey through this movie and a lot of what keeps her going is this 
this thought of being able to inflict pain on him. And she says like, oh, I just want to hurt him so fucking bad. Mm. And I was so happy that all of them got to get in like something, a stab, a punch, a kick. Like it just felt so nice to see all three of them be able to re like inflict some pain on him for all that he had done to them. Because yeah, you don't often get to see that many women make it to the end and all be able to kind of fight back. And I love that. Like (laughs) that, that fight scene had me dying. It's just so funny because everybody's fucked up everybody's injured in some way so there's like only so much that everybody can do and they're all yeah. just like <laughs> flopping around and like attacking i love each how other. hectic and chaotic it it's is it's so, so good so hectic and and i love that all of the women all the victims they get to help each other like they mm-hmm. anytime anybody's in distress someone comes up and helps them and although technically noah gets that final blow to him that kills him like they all get to add on to it they all Mm -hmm. get to like fuck him up pretty severely before she she finally kills him she gets him and you know what some people may roll their eyes at the give me a smile one-liner i fucking loved loved it it. that shit felt so earned and the fact that she just immediately popped him straight through the eye afterwards i was like let's Fucking yeah. go, Noah. And I liked it because I didn't know what she was going to say. I had forgotten about the give me a smile until that point. So I was mm-hmm. I was wondering. I was like, okay, what's going to be the one-liner? I thought it was <laughs> going to have something to do with eating or like food or something. And so she said that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like that not only for the movie's sake, but also because uh, that is just something that women hear a lot that's so fucking yep. like demeaning and i love that mm-hmm. that's the line that they chose because it can uh, like it encompasses a lot of situations not just the one that they're in <laughs> yeah so that that one liner work yeah. of art and that beat down also mwah, another Fan- picasso Fantastic. if you will <laughs> i just loved seeing penny just crawl across the floor just like and oh, just i'm gonna get your stab the shit out of his <laughs> out of his leg it was great and <laughs> and i will say i it, this is one instance where i don't mind that he wasn't totally dead and he follows them mm-hmm. out because uh, to be fair i thought he was he looked dead so i don't blame them for also thinking he was dead because molly kicked yeah. the shit out of him and he hit his head on his head on the table yeah he, there, there was a nice big pool of blood behind his head when he was sitting he there so looked big dead so i don't blame them for thinking he was dead but i yeah. also also having your dick bit off i'm pretty sure you would have bled out and been unconscious well, yeah. but We'll let that and slide. And having your head <laughs> thwacked, he had his head bashed in, he got stabbed with a knife, yeah. and then I don't remember what Noah did to him inside. I don't remember. But then outside, they were able to beat him up some Basically more. Basically curve <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which was very nice. Penny bit mm-hmm. him, which I thought was very fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They need, there needed to be... Somebody had to bite him. I think that, that the... the, the 
the symbolism behind that, we needed at least one person to, yes. to bite the shit out of him. Just give him the um, outside, outside of his dick being right. bit off. Right, to bite yeah. something else. Also, I just wanted to say, I just think it's so funny how he makes like little care packages. He's like, has this little like special, his little small business like note that he writes. I was like, not him <laughs> customizing each box, <laughs> putting in special shit. I was like, this is so weird. He like writes a little note that's like signed from the t- t- girl are supposed to be signed from the girl. I was like, you little weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, his his downfall, fucking satisfying as hell. Uh, the fact that all three ladies make it in the end, I it's enjoy that. Nice. Um, I think Melissa truly is kind of like our one casualty, and we don't even really get to meet her. And I kind of like that. I think that was like the best choice personally that they could have made for this movie. I like that we didn't have uh, a dick a dick halloran I, I i truly did i like that we didn't have somebody go there to save her and then just die i think yeah. that would have been just a, a fucking absolute waste and i think that they did find a unique way to still incorporate that idea of like yes there are people looking for her without just wasting them as a body count mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that agreed i think that that was that was really nice because it could have easily gone that way. Many, multiple times could have easily gone that way. I'm really glad that that was avoided at all costs because this is much more satisfying for all outside participants who may have been pulled in. I love that they don't, that they still come out and they're like, yeah, they've had a little bit of shit done to them, but they're alive. And like that is, Mm. that is important. And so... Eve, yeah, and I yeah. agree. And the thing about it is, like, with Melissa, we don't ever learn anything about her. So we, and we don't, like, because, that, like I said, she's crazy at the point that we meet her, understandably yeah. so. And I think that was nice, too, because with Penny, you kind of grow attached to her in the same way that Noah does. So it's really, mm-hmm. really nice that she survives. But with Melissa, yeah. like, there's nothing for you to latch on to. So it's right. not like you're distraught. when it, it, It's, it like... It definitely hits hard when you realize that she's died, that he's like totally killed her. You're kind Mm -hmm. of just as surprised as Noah, but you're not sad in the way that you might be if it was like Penny or Molly. Yeah. Like if Penny, if we had lost Penny, that would have, that would have really sucked. And it would have been very easy to kill off Penny. It would have been very easy too. Um, But I think it's the harder choice to keep her alive. And I think it's the more interesting choice Mm -hmm. for that reason. But yeah, I'm happy that it ends with Molly and Noah and they're both okay. They're both there for each other. And then mm-hmm. we get a last little sting with uh, our boy Chad from the beginning sending the you up mm-hmm. text. And then it ends. <laughs> and that was a good one. I actually like that. That was a good way to end it. Yeah, I know. I, I like that too. I thought it was like a nice little button. I also love that like... <laughs> also love that noah is so shocked when she after everything that's happened she's still like super shook at the fact that he was married she was like he was married married? (laughs) yeah Yeah, that part that part was great i love that i also kind of wonder too if maybe that's why like steve didn't want molly and noah talking maybe that's why he taped molly's mouth because like even through everything, the biggest thing is he still didn't want Noah to know that he was married. 
like to him that was also the big thing is he was lying about being married not the cannibalism like that would that's the thing that he felt like would be a deal breaker but i don't know he's a mess though (laughs) but all righty that is basically all of fresh Mm -hmm. um Hope you guys enjoyed that lengthy breakdown of, of this brand new spanking movie, but it was a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah. And I am very curious, Erica, what you are thinking we should rate this movie out of. Should we rate it out of butt cheeks? We should rate it out of butt cheeks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> butt cheeks it is, hey, baby. <laughs> let's go. All right. Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. I think I'm going to give fresh... A, I think I'm gonna give it like a four point. I think I'm gonna give it a four point seven. Ooh, but okay. butt cheeks out of five. All right. I actually right, really right. enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really mm-hmm. really good. I had a good time. I liked the acting. I liked the story. I liked the way it was shot for the most part. Um, it's really just those extra characters that I don't know if it was totally necessary. It's like, sim, you know, like I said, they all represent something, but I don't necessarily think we needed all of that represented in this movie. It's like, we don't need every single, like, <laughs> an archetype of this situation. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, we don't need everybody. I really think they could have been cut out and cut some time off or not, if not cut out completely, at, cut down and like use them for specific scenes but then not bring them back because they didn't mm-hmm. need to be all up and through the movie. Um, but as far as our main characters go, I really liked it. I liked everything that they had going on. This, I never really knew what was going to happen, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. And I liked the end, which is usually the downfall for some movies is like, I, I'm not happy with the way that they ended or something. But and I know for some people, maybe this ending might be a little bit um, like meh in compared to the, uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the movie. I didn't mind it. I, I was happy with it. So besides a uh, old girl Anne, but what are you going to yeah. do? Um, so, yeah, I think a 4.7 out of out of five butt cheeks for me. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna match your butt cheeks, and <laughs> <laughs> I am also going to give fresh 4.7 out of 5 butt cheeks. Uh, because I too very much enjoyed this movie, I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I think I'm definitely gonna watch it again because I, I think this is one of those movies that does have stuff trickled in that you may need a secondary watch to like capture everything. And even though the reveal happens 30 minutes in. I think rewatching that beginning portion with the knowledge of mm-hmm. what's like everything that's happening may be interesting. So I kind of want to do that. Um, but overall, I thought that the acting across the board was absolutely phenomenal. Even from the auxiliary characters, I think everybody did a really good job. Um, I agree with you. I never truly knew where the plot was going. And that was great for me because I liked being just along for the ride. I thought that for a theatrical debut, uh, Mimi Cave did absolutely fantastic. And I think going forward, I'm very excited to see more of their work and what they do. And although I think this movie is fully carried by um, Daisy Edgar Jones and her um, performance, I will say, as the resident Sebastian Stan, Stan, that 
I think this is some of his best work, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, on a care on a character level, I think he was really going for it here, and I was honestly pretty enamored by his performance as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, a lot of great elements. There are very few minor changes that maybe I would have made personally, but overall, this is definitely worth watching i feel like if most people are at this point you've watched it already but if you haven't and you're still curious you should check it out yeah it's really good and and i yeah because there's still a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that like we didn't even really get to like dive too too deep into but Mm -hmm. yeah like we said this movie's almost two hours so a lot going on there's there's (laughs) a lot going on but yeah that's uh it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I I definitely uh, thumbs up for me and and lots of butt I'm cheeks. This pleased. was really good. Yeah, and I like the music of this movie. It's good. Music was good. Mm-hmm. Really good soundtrack. Enjoyed it. And I do like that we still got that heads yeah. roll at the end. I know they used it for the trailer, and I was waiting for it for the entire yeah. movie. Um, they placed it at a good spot. It came in right when I needed it to come Such in. Such a good song. Yes. Yeah. Song is a bop. Song is a banger. But yes, that's it for our breakdown of Fresh, y'all. Please let us know what you guys thought of this movie. You can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or better yet, why don't you show up in that Discord? Why don't you turn up in there and come and have a little discussion with us and with the other homies about not only this movie, but other horror movies and just kind of stuff in general. If you want to join the Discord, the link for that is also in our social media bios. You can always email us at homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. It's Monday. And speaking of cannibals, We'll probably add it again, battling some cannibals on Twitch. Uh, we've been playing the forest lately, like we said earlier. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've been fighting for our lives. And if that sounds like something you'd like to come and watch us struggle through, then please come and hang out on the Twitch tonight. Um, we'll be drinking, we'll be chatting, and we look forward to seeing you there. The link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do so on Apple Podcasts. You can do both. And the more ratings and reviews we have, the better. It recommends us to other people um, who are interested in our genre. And also, we just like hearing from you guys and what you're thinking of the show. And then on Spotify, you can leave us a rating. Just hit the star underneath our name and let us know how many stars you think we're worth but yeah that is it for us homies we hope you like this tasty treat uh, we hope it filled you up uh tell us would you have eaten the meat we're dying to know <laughs> would you have eaten the spaghetti <laughs> the spaghetti and hope meatballs <laughs> let us know in the comments <laughs> but other than that we will be we will be hanging out with you guys again same time <laughs> next monday <laughs> catch you next time homies bye